All right, church fam, what up, what up? I'm Jason, if you don't know. This is the Field of Dreams. Welcome. That's our home. Feel free to use the restroom. Do what you need to do. Uh, real quick, we have launched growth groups. And so if you haven't been called yet or located, <laughs> tracked down, um, reach out to me in the next like two days or so. Probably you're going to get connected soon. But if not, maybe you fell through the crack. Probably not, though. And then if you still need one of these because you're joining a group, they're right at the front right when you walk in. And if you still want to sign up for a group, they're only four weeks long, small groups, like four people max. Uh, feel free to sign up. Sound good? Yay. Cool. Well, it's another Sunday. Hallelujah. UCSB is coming back uh, October 1st, I think. Does this sound weird? I feel like it sounds weird. Can somebody on sound? Yep, they're working it. They're working it. My bad. Um, starting October 1st. But anyway, uh, people are starting to come. So we are thankful for another school year out here. We have started this whole deal, Jesus did, really, in like 2001. And so next year will be 20 years out here. God is good. God loves IB. Hey, I want to start off um, with two little, like, stories slash jokes. Does that sound good? Okay. <laughs> Our fourth grader celebrated his birthday on crutches, so he couldn't carry the cupcakes into school without help. I asked our sixth grader, Noah, to help his brother carry them in. I could, he said, but I prefer not to. Spotting a teaching moment, my husband asked Noah, what would Jesus do? Noah answered, Jesus would heal him so he can carry his own cupcakes in. <laughs> One more. A Christian guy named Bill saw an ad online for a Christian horse, so he went to check it out. The horse owner said, it's easy to ride him. Just say, praise the Lord to make him go and amen to make him stop. Bill got on the horse and said, praise the Lord. Sure enough, the horse started to walk. Praise the Lord, he said again, and the horse began to trot. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, he yelled, and the horse broke into a gallop. Bill was enjoying his ride so much that he almost didn't notice the cliff that he and the horse were about to go over. Bill shouted, amen, the top of his lungs. And then the horse, and then the horse stopped right at the edge of the cliff. Relieved, Bill said, whew, praise the Lord. <laughs> I'll help you later. <laughs> yeah, good times. Well, God, we just love you. We just thank you for this time together as a family. God, we thank you for all that you're doing in all of our lives. We're so grateful for the one-time sacrifice that made us clean for all time. That no longer, God, are we trying to reach you, God. We are getting more and more convinced, God, that you've reached us. That you're the God that invites us in, that never leaves, that's always with us. So, hey, today I don't have much to share. We're actually going to do more of an open meeting. I'm going to probably put us in a lane for like 10 minutes or so. And then if you've never been to an open meeting, it just means the mic is open. Um, and as the Spirit leads, you could come grab it. And then as the Spirit leads me, I could come take it out of your hand at any time, too. So it's just a wonderful thing. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's always amazing what Jesus does when we have open meetings and things that he shares through other people and encourages us. 
Um, so every year we have teams come from all over, from Bethel, Orange County, sometimes San Diego, circuit riders, and, and never, I never make it through a year without somebody or multiple people always are like, hey man, I just want to know like what's your vision, you know, and I'm always like, and I know what they're asking me, which is fine, they're just like, they want my five, ten year plan, maybe they're going to move here, maybe they're just, you know, seeking everything out, um, but, you know, and I don't say this in like a brag way at all, but like my vision has always been just Jesus. And the simplicity of who he is and what he's done has been the vision from the beginning. Now, I got into this in 2001 with one vision. It was just Jesus, right? Anyone else? Amen. <laughs> and sometimes it gets complicated and we want to add other things to it. And when we started Jesus Burgers, we didn't start out to do a hamburger ministry. We literally just started out with Jesus. And then when I took the church over in 2007, the same message was just the same. Again, it was just him. <laughs> it was just Christ. You know, what's beautiful about the early church is the fuel that kept the early church going, the fuel that kept the early church running after the things of God, wasn't a bunch of programs. It wasn't a bunch of good ideas or even doctrines about certain things. It was the revelation of the person, Jesus. Paul said this, guys, to the Corinthians. And if you don't know about the church in Corinth, they were moving in signs and wonders, power of God. The gifts were flowing. But he said this, I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Guys, that was their message that was their vision. That was a thing that gripped their heart. That was a thing that got them excited about life and about waking up each day was Jesus. This isn't a profound message today. It's just the reminder that we signed up for Christ, right? We didn't sign up for all the other things that come with it and praise God for some of that. But we signed up because we met a man and we said yes to this guy. I get concerned, and maybe that's not the right word, but there's just a lot of things even in Christian culture that can take you off course from just person of Christ. And we never graduate. We never graduate. We never get into like a master's course past the simplicity of just Jesus and what he's done on the cross 2,000 years ago. The lesson that you got coming into Christ in kindergarten when you were just coming like a newborn baby, whatever age that was, you don't graduate those lessons. They just go deeper. Do you know what I mean by that? You just, you start understanding the love of God and you don't get like, oh, I graduated. I got God's love. No, it just goes deeper. When it comes to forgiveness, it's not like, I got forgiveness, check, I'm moving on. No, it doesn't. It actually just goes deeper and deeper. And what Rainey was saying today, it's not like, wow, we tapped out on peace. I got peace last year. It's like, no, peace just keeps going deeper. Karl Barth, he's, some people think he's the greatest theologian of the 20th century. Anyway, he wrote this 9,000 church dogma, all this theology, all these crazy things. The guy was just brilliant. But he gets to the end of his life, and they're like, can you just sum this thing up? He's like, he sings the song, 
Jesus loves me, this I know, because the Bible tells me so. <laughs> the guy's written 9,000 words about God, and he gets to the end of his life, and he's like, this, is, this is sums it all up. Jesus loves me, this I know. Why? Because this good Bible right here, it tells me so. Oh, guys, when I found Christ in 01, that, that was it. I knew Jesus, I knew he loved me, and I knew he forgave me. And now almost 20 years later, I'm still on that same revelation. The simplicity and purity of devotion to him, the reality of forgiveness, of his love, nothing's changed. Romans 8, 5 says this, God demonstrates his own love towards us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's the good news, guys. That Christ died for us. He chose us and loved us regardless of where we were. When we didn't love him, when we wanted nothing to do with him, he still chose us. Can I get an amen out there? Somebody. It is quiet today. Guys, how amazing is God? I know I'm just using words and they mean nothing unless the Spirit grabs them. But how amazing is this God that he would love us? regardless if we loved him, that he would be good to us, regardless if we'd be good to him, that he would continue to choose us, regardless if we're choosing him. Because of Jesus, guys, God's mind has already been made up about every one of us. The problem is this, is we're trying to still figure out his mind about us. Did you catch that? God's mind has already been made up about every one of us here. There's nothing we can do to change that mind. We're just still trying to figure out what we're going to think about him. Don't you love that God isn't insecure? Isn't that such a wonderful thought to have? That our God is on the throne with no insecurities in him? We're so insecure. Could I be the first to say I'm so insecure sometimes in my relationship with God? I'm like, are we good today? We're good. We're good. We're good. Okay, we're good. Yeah. Why am I feeling weird? Wait, what's wrong? You know, it's like nothing has changed with him. He's in deep security as a father. But we're like doing the dance of like, we good? We good? We're not good? No. Love me? Should I do that? Then you, Okay. No. It's like we're like this hamster wheel. And God's just so secure just being like, oh, I love you. Well, yeah, no, no, I love you, period. Well, well, I'll do all this stuff, and then, you know, then you'll forget. He's like, I've already forgiven you. I reconciled the cosmos to myself. I'm not counting your sins against you today. Do you see why Paul was so adamant about those two things, Christ and him crucified? Because he knew on those two things, everything would hinge. If you miss Jesus, you miss it. But if you miss that he was crucified for you and that his death was your death, his burial was your burial, and his resurrection was your resurrection, that you've been raised brand new in him, fully loved and fully forgiven, then you'll keep working your whole life to get to this place of, uh, of feeling pure and righteous and secure in the eyes of God when he did it 2,000 years ago. That's why it's news that never gets old. It's just news we have to be reminded about, reminded about, and reminded about. 
You've heard me say this before. Luther would just preach, you have righteousness by faith alone to his congregation. He's the guy who started the Reformation, if you don't know, and brought that whole truth to just the forefront of the church. But for months on end, he just kept preaching the same sermon over and over. And finally, someone's like, why do you just keep preaching righteousness through faith alone? There's more. He's like, there is. But you guys come in here every week not looking righteous, not feeling righteous, not living in that revelation. So I have to keep saying it every week to you until you stop trying to work your way to this God and realize he left heaven 2,000 years ago and came after you. Have you ever thought why forgiveness is such a massive topic in the body of Christ and in this book? Someone once said this, Without innocence, you can't have intimacy. I want you to think about that. Without innocence, there is no intimacy. See, God's highest desire for us, guys, it wasn't that we would worship him and praise him. Those are very important. But his highest desire was us. He just wanted relationship with us. And how do we know that? We look back to the garden and we see how it all began. And it was God creating them in his image and his likeness to have relationship with him. And without forgiveness, guys, we build a wall of separation between us and God. And who created the wall of separation? Was it God or was it us? And who keeps the wall of separation there? Is it God or is it us? Where did the mindset of separation come in? Even Isaiah said, your sins have made a separation between you and your God. On whose end? Once again, in our minds, not in the mind of God. You know what's amazing about forgiveness is you could actually start moving back into the place of feeling innocent. And when you feel innocent, it opens that door so wide to intimacy. But to think you're going to have intimacy with God without innocence, it just doesn't work that way. I was seven years old. My dad said, Jason, do not run on the side of the house. There was like a little like grass and a bunch of bricks. Um, like those, those steps, those brick steps. So he said, don't run, I just watered. But you know, you're seven, me and my buddy are playing, Adam, it's all wild. So we're just sprinting, I sprint around the corner and I just slip and my head goes right into the brick, <laughs> the corner. You know the first thing I did? Oh no, my dad. I wanted to avoid my dad. Why? Because I knew there was an innocence between us. I knew that there was something there, so why I could not approach my dad and have intimacy with him. But after I finally realized, okay, I'm bleeding, I need to go to my dad. He did a dad move. He's like, all right, I think you're fine. Kind of wiped it off, put me like on the couch, held a washcloth there. Then mom comes home. She's like, what's happened? You know. Classic mom. My mom's kind of an overactor. She's like, you're going to bleed out. <laughs> I'm like, I'm fine. I just got, I did need stitches, so it was, mom, mom had it a little more right. Um, <laughs> guys, the cross 
was meant to restore our innocence and to bring us back to the garden. But if we don't have a healthy view of him, when we make mistakes, when we mess up, we're going to avoid him. We're going to remove ourselves away from him instead of draw near to him. And everyone knows where we're at with God. I mean, everyone here knows, right? You just ask yourself, when you mess up, when you make mistakes, where you willfully choose disobedience, is your first reaction, oh, I'm going to go towards God or I'm going to move away from him? Just let that question sit. Do you find yourself moving away from him, avoiding him, or moving towards him? Do you see God more like a cranky CPA that's just like, okay, meticulously keeping track of everything wrong with this and with you? Or is God like the prodigal father that when you finally decide, hey, I'm going to flip it this way, he's already running towards you? putting the robe on you, reminding you of your identity and who you are in him. Here's what's so hard about God, guys, for all of us. Most of us have not seen one-way love. Do you know what I mean by that? Most of us have not seen a love that loves us regardless of us giving anything back. That when God got into the covenant with us, or I should say we got into it with him, he was always going to be 100% in regardless of how far we wanted to come in. Is this making sense? Most of us feel like we have to do something to deserve the love of God. When God says, I've already done everything 2,000 years ago, and I love you regardless of what you've done or haven't done. God demonstrates his own love towards us that when we were sinners, Christ died for us. Meaning when we didn't want God, when we hated God, when we had no desire for him, when we still have those days and those moments, God's like, I've already made my mind up about you. See, guys, the cross didn't change God's mind about us. The cross is changing our mind about him. Is this making sense? Come on. The cross isn't changing God's mind. He already said, I loved you. I've already forgiven you. What the cross was designed to do is change our mind about who God is towards us. I love that Jesus came to reveal the Father. And his words on the cross were, Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. I mean, when we're going to sin all of our, we're sending all of our sin on him, past, present, future, he's saying, hey, they don't even know what they're doing. Wash them. Forgive them. Remind them that they're white today. All right, I'm going to land it here. So, hey, we're going to do this now. It feels very quiet today, so hopefully somebody <laughs> may come up. Um, but I would love for us just to testify a little. 
of where we've seen God break in in our life in this area of forgiveness and restoring innocence and how that's brought transformation to your life. So does this make sense? So we just want to try to stay in this lane. There's kind of a lot of lanes you can go down when you leave the mic up here. Um, but I really just want to encourage us to just share if there's something that God has kind of really done in your own life of restoring this area, of reminding you that you've been forgiven, of walking free from stuff, uh, it'd be awesome for us just to testify. Sound good? Everyone know what 5B stand for? Yep. Monty told me this week, he's like, that whole saying's not even brief. I don't even understand that. I'm like, dude, that's a good word. So maybe two Bs, be brief. And yes, we will wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord. Strength arise. Hey, y'all. Um, so two cups. One is the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, excuse me. One is the New Covenant. The Old Covenant is a, it, like measuring cups. So the Old Covenant has a bunch of lines on it and a hole in the bottom. You could never measure up. You can never measure it up or fill it up. But the cup of the new covenant, the cup of grace of Jesus, the innocence is a cup with no lines on it, no hole in the bottom, and it's already full. And that is the cup that you have been measured with. You already have innocence. You already have Jesus' purity. Everything that he is is yours, is who you are. So don't measure yourself or other people with the old cup, but the new. That's it. You're loved. I'm from New England, and New Englanders are really stubborn. And so I like to think that I'm forgiving people, but then I hold these, like, really gnarly grudges, like, here. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's fine. But then here I'm like, oh, you. Um, so lately I have been thinking about how... I used to live in the Midwest. I went to college in the Midwest. I was like, man, my friends there, like, kind of sucked. Like, they're kind of mean sometimes, and I'm just really mad at all of them all of the time. And I was like, oh, but it's fine. I live here now. I'm great. I was not great. Okay, get this. So the other day, the Lord was like, hey, I don't want you to hold on to that anymore. And I was like, fine, you can have it. And he's like, no, 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 for real. And I was like, okay. So I started talking to my housemates, to a couple of them, and I was like, yeah, like, you know, the people from my past, like, really hurt me. And they're like, oh, man, like, you don't have to hold on to that anymore. And I was like, yeah, but, like, I don't know. I don't think I'm ever going to confront it. And then Rachel and Kenny literally walked through my door. I went to college with Rachel and Kenny. They didn't hurt me, but, like, <laughs> if they did, I forgive them. Um, <laughs> but it was, like, it was this crazy symbolic thing where the Lord was like, no, for real, like, you're not going to hold on to this anymore. And I was like, pfft. No. And then, like, I kid you not, 30 seconds later, Rachel and Kenny walked in as, like, this symbol, like symbolic beacon of, like, my Midwest time and, like, weirdness. And then, like, it's just been, it's been really cool to have them here. And the Lord's just like, hey, you don't need that anymore. So, yeah, there's real freedom. And walk in it. What is up, everybody? I haven't seen a lot of you in a while. Good to see you. Um, I feel like the Lord wanted me to come up here and just share a little bit um, of innocence and forgiveness from from my story, right? 
I'm not sure how many of you know my testimony, but basically this was in the party scene. There might even be, I feel like on my heart, there might be people here um, that understand the idea or thought that God has forgiven them, but they don't know um, how deep and how far that can actually go in you. Um, like Jason was talking about, all these things we maybe knew from our childhood, but as we step deeper and deeper, there's actually greater levels of freedom we can experience um, in Christ besides just the idea of, oh, I'm forgiven now, right? Or I'm in status between God, he's okay with me. There's a deeper level of freedom that can enable you to walk out more, uh, to be more like Christ. Um, so my story, right, crazy in party scene, Elvis and everything like that. Um, a lot of that was even in sexual morality and just a lot of bad stuff. And what that does is it taints your eyes and you're seeing things through a different lens. And when Jesus forgave me, when I got saved, I remember seeing things for the first time through a lens of purity and with God's vision. And it was just the most incredible feeling of knowing, wow, like I'm actually seeing people and things for the first time the way he designed for me to see them. But there was the I realized that it wasn't just this understanding that God forgave me that allowed me to uh, to see people purely, right, seeing, um, seeing purely. But it was the idea that I was able to finally forgive myself for all those things that I did. When we recognize that Jesus paid the whole price, it, it not only just enables us to step into a right-standing relationship, but there's a deeper forgiveness that I feel like there might be a few people here that we need to let our hearts get to a place where we can be okay with the terrible things that we may have done in our past and not just have this concept, but really sit in the uncomfortability of Jesus knowing exactly your past, any sin, even small things, and knowing that because of him, we can forgive ourselves too. So that is just another layer that you can take off to step more into being comfortable with who you are now uh, in Christ. Um, yeah, so if that if someone's out there with that, just know that no matter like how far how far away you ran away from God, like there's nothing that can separate you from the love of Christ. And that was a verse that he ultimately read to me, like I read and when I got saved was that verse in Ephesians three. Um, you can never you can never escape it. You can never run away. It's always there. It's always chasing you down. You just have to let yourself receive it and uh, and let it transform you. So thanks, guys. Do you want, with the people in your life, do you want to be able to speak to them when they need to hear it with the voice of the Father or the voice of Jesus? Like, raise your hand if you, just think about it for a second. If you'd like the people in your life, you'd love to speak to them the way God does so they feel like, wow, that's how God really thinks about me, right? Hopefully that's everybody. Raise your hand if you feel you felt that before when somebody needed to hear from God, especially maybe on this topic, right? If they felt ashamed or they felt condemned and you got to just extend grace and you've you've done that before. And that feels really good, huh? It's like, dude, I was just so in line with God's heart. Thank you, Father. It's really beautiful. It's really, really good. Now imagine when you mess up that you speak to yourself with that very same voice. That instead of taking on the shame and the frustration and any condemnation, feeling bummed, any of the stuff, that you step into that place 
Or you come in line with God and you just say to yourself, you know, Will, you just say, Will, you are so loved by God. And you are so secure in his love, Will. Will, you're already forgiven, you're taken care of, you're covered. It's not, you know, self-talk, it's not like a weird psychological thing or magical thing. It's just, it's really real what's in our head. The thoughts that we have towards ourselves they can assail us and assault us. They can inhibit how free God wants us to be and how he wants us to see ourselves the way that he sees us, made in his image and covered by his blood and fully forgiven. So you actually can. I've done, that was a major transition for me in owning my righteousness, owning my wholeness, owning my liberty, owning my Christ-likeness was just stepping into that with God and saying, okay, I'm going to let go of all these years, years and years and years of just being super critical and negative with myself, you know? And it's, doesn't, it's not often I don't say my name. It's not like, Michael, you suck, you know? It's more like thoughts of like, oh, duh, stupid, I did it again. Or, um, God, I never get this right. Whatever it is, right? Those thoughts just get in. But it's a good, that's an immediate sign right there. As soon as that comes, that should be a tip off. Oh, ha, I get to pivot right now. And I get to say, I get to come in line with God and speak to myself the way he would or be like I would want to be in my friend's life when they need it. It's really powerful. Come in line with what he says over you. And, and if you can, in the moment when you feel the worst about a failure or sin or shortcoming, if you can learn to turn right to God in that, even when it's so tense and it feels so hard to do, and listen for his voice and open yourself up to his emotion, that would be a game changer right there. That'll be a game changer because shame, blame, condemnation, feeling bad. The enemy just loves to take what was maybe this bad and make it this bad because you spend so much time on all this stuff that God says, I've already cleared that out. You get to bounce back quickly. Hi, friends. I'm Brooke. Um, I, it's kind of a crazy message for this week because all week my dad actually got all of our baby videos digitized. So I haven't seen these baby videos for maybe 15 years. Um, and so I've just, every day after work, I've been watching them. It's like 18 videos. Each one's like two hours long. I haven't even watched through all of them. And every night I've just been watching these videos. And they're all from before my parents got divorced. So they split up when I was around five or six. So it's so like raw to me still, like watching these videos and being like, oh my gosh, I don't remember what my parents looked like when they were together or what our family was when they were together. So it's like every day I'm just crying because I'm like, this is what it looked like. I didn't know I don't have these memories. And it's, it's been really raw and beautiful, but like what it's doing to me is it's making me forgive my parents in a way. Ooh, I'm getting emotional. <laughs> like. I always thought like they they were the most amazing parents and even watching these videos I'm like they're so amazing they're like on top of it they're making us feel safe they're making us feel heard and seen and we had the best childhood and then when they split it was a similar thing they were so amazing and I got to see both of them equally and so anytime anybody was like oh that's tragic you guys your parents got divorced I'm so sorry I'm like no it's fine they are great it's all great it's all good 
So like going through therapy and years later through depression, I'm like, no, it wasn't the divorce. That was great. I'm fine. They're fine. It was great. Um, and so watching these videos, though, I'm seeing like, oh, no, I'm still carrying stuff from their divorce. And I didn't know that. And so just being able to forgive them again is like this whole new, like deep process that I didn't know I needed to go through. So it's just kind of funny, too, even the way forgiveness works, where it's like, OK, God's like, here, this person, you got this, just this one person today. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I got this. Cool. I'm good then. We're, we're good. And then, I mean, similar to Sierra, where it's like just it can be layers of needing to forgive and needing that refreshment and needing that reconciliation where you didn't even know it was needed. And so towards my parents now, I'm just like, oh, my gosh, I can see them at my age doing what they did, but doing it so well, and I can forgive them even more fully. And it just I feel so much more love for my parents than I thought was ever possible, where I'm like, wow, praise God that there's all this forgiveness. Um, but then on top of that, the other thing was like, now that there's this like refreshment of like what family was to me and like what it is now and how God's just redeemed it all, he's bringing me back to how I was as a kid. And he's kind of showing me like, you were so daring and you were so courageous. Like my parents would be like, go touch that slug. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> like this little two-year-old broke or like I they're like, jump in the pool. I'm like, sure, cool. Like, I don't know how to swim, but you'll catch me. It's fine. Um, and God was kind of telling me that, like, because I felt so safe, um, I was willing to enjoy and I was willing to be daring and I was willing to step into that because I knew they were going to catch me. I knew they were going to support me. Um, so he's showing me that again of like, hey, when you're safe, you can enjoy more deeply. When you feel safe and when you trust me so deeply, you can jump out, you can do the things that are scary, and you're going to know that I'm a good dad and I'm going to catch you. And if you do fall and hit your face, I'm going to comfort you and you're going to be okay. Um, so I guess there's just like, there's two parts of a testimony of this week that's just been so raw from my heart that like forgiveness can take time and it comes again and again. And it's still every time so refreshing. And then also just, yeah, the innocence, how just seeing how innocent I was as a kid and I just trusted and it I enjoyed life way more as like this little three-year-old than I do now so taking off the layers of like I need to be an adult and I need to do things myself it's like no I just trust God and now I can just go play and enjoy so yeah I just want to bless you guys if you need the forgiveness of your parents divorce or if you need to be brought back to that innocence of what it looks like to be a child and to just enjoy the little things around you the butterflies the colors um swimming in a pool yeah just bless you guys with that because that's been my week <laughs> hi everyone um i wrote part of a song the other day oh my gosh um about this topic i just kind of woke up with it which is cool but i'm gonna um read out the lyrics first and then I may or may not sing it. <laughs> okay. Pushed away your love embrace because I felt that I was dirty, full of fear of what I'd smear with my hands. Erode the hardest part of my heart till it's gentle and it's tender. It's always been there, but over time I built a shield. You want to heal? I've always been loved always been held. I've been rescued, both feet on dry land, always labeled pure in the hands of a pierced man. Um, that's it. 